This episode contains conversations about sexual assault in collegiate and professional athletics. Welcome to yet another episode of the Non-Generic Sports Podcast. I am your co-host, Cam Manning, and as always, I am joined by one of my best friends on campus, Lucas Poison. Lucas, how are we doing today, my friend? Cam, how is it that every time we record, it's just beautiful? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. No, keep, no, keep going. It's, it's nice out. It's nice out. A little windy, but uh, it's, it's sunny from where I'm at, so... I'm excited for another awesome episode. Yeah, excellent, excellent. It's always a pleasure doing this podcast with you. We have such amazing guests every every time we do this, and we have and the trend continues today because we got two very special women in sports and in media joining us today. We are discussing women in sports and in media with two very awesome women from M Sports Magazine, Laura Hill and Grace Rispoli. Now, Laura is a senior public relations ma- major with a minor in sports communication. She is one of the co-founders of Emma Sports Magazine and serves as a business managing editor and has multiple internships. You can say Laura really does it all and also has a super cute dog. I just thought I had to throw it in there because I love seeing Laura's Instagram and Snapchat stories of her dog. Thank you. And uh, Lucas, if you want to take it away, you can introduce Grace. Yes. Grace is a sophomore journalism major and entrepreneurial studies minor from Champaign, Illinois. She's currently the deputy columns and features editor here at M Sports. So big shout out and thank you for Grace and Laura for being on and welcome to the non-generic sports podcast. Hi. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you both on. So let's dive right into these questions here. Let's let's not waste any time. We want to talk about it since it is women's it is women's appreciation month in the month of Mar- in the month of March. Month of March. <laughs> we want to ask both of you about your experience as women in journalism and in sports journalism. So either of you guys can take that question yeah, I mean, I can start. I've had quite an interesting experience in sports. I didn't actually get into sports until I was about a freshman in high school. And once I like really started to like fall in love with football, I like just really dove into it in any way that I could. I even spent my entire senior year of high school uh, studying offensive and defensive football strategies. And that was a really interesting time because like a lot of the stuff I was learning, like sometimes I'd have conversations with like my teachers and with the people and my peers. There's a lot of mansplaining going on there. And like they're trying to tell me about like different strategies. And I'm like, I'm doing this research. I know what I'm talking about. And then I remember for that project, I actually went to a, I went to two different um, football coaching clinics. And for both of them, I believe I was the only woman who signed up to attend. And I remember some coach came up to me and told me I stuck out like a sore thumb. And that was a pretty awkward situation. But yeah, that's how I like kind of got started being passionate in sports. And since then, I've received a fair bit of, you know, sexism, sexist comments in regards to sports. Like, like I wrote a column over the summer talking about like some of my experiences and like some of the comments that people have made towards me and have people just assume that I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm a woman. Um, and that really sucks. And the column that I wrote talks about like how women shouldn't have to prove their sports knowledge in the sports industry. Um, like it should just shouldn't be an assumption that women don't know what they're talking about because so many women do and so many women know way more than some men. So like what I really want to do is just normalize like women in sports more, make it so we don't have to prove ourselves, just break those stereotypes that women don't know what they're talking about because a lot of us do. Well, I was going to say, like, I think that a lot of my experience in sports definitely comes from at least like my high school programs um, and watching, you know, the discrepancies, they start really, you know, in young ages when the teams are treated differently, I think. And so while this isn't necessarily about like me sports journalism because I'm not necessarily pursuing that like it's just really easy to see automatically differences um in how teams are treated and 
I mean, I was having this conversation the other day with uh, one of my roommates who is an Emerson athlete, and she went to an all-girls school in high school, and so, like, to see the differences in ways teens are treated, that really hit her at, like, a collegiate level, but I can say, like, from my experience, like, I definitely watched, like, the boys get so many new jerseys for the football team or the basketball team. They had the nice locker rooms and everything like that, and, like, it was so rare for, like, women's volleyball to get new jerseys, or we had to use, like, a much worse locker room than men's sports and things like, like, little things like that, I guess. And then do you want me to talk about, like, in terms of of media as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, like, it's really interesting and kind of hard to even really, like, as a woman put a finger on it because I think that these things are so deeply ingrained in our society that sometimes it's, like, honestly hard to realize when, like, you are being treated differently as a journalist or as anyone because exactly what Lara was saying about, like, how, like, a lot of times we're looked down upon or, like, we don't understand. That doesn't just happen in the sports world and it's easily just, like, like mansplaining comes from any man professor or anything like that you know just the way you can tell like I'm sorry but the way they look at you sometimes is just demeaning and that's something that like you don't necessarily recognize or even see or know how to really deal with um I will say like the morning show I watched that over quarantine last March and um I had a long discussion with my mom about it um just how like it's so hard to know as a woman when you already don't have power to watch an industry like the the media industry is very male dominated right now and it's hard when you have to think about like when you go up into higher levels like how am I going to navigate situations with like authority figures or power or like men in power and stuff and I think that like it's really hard because you don't necessarily even notice that like you might just be doing what you've been taught and what you've been taught is feeding into like patriarchy and I can't find my words I'm sorry that was <laughs> my words are not working out right now but you know it's it's hard to see like all the ways that like the systems are working to like allow men to stay in power grace i wanted to ask you because i know you you mentioned the film the morning show i was just wondering if you could because i i've heard of it but i haven't watched it i was wondering like what it's what it's all about and what are some of the takeaways okay so it, well it was like a it was a show um first of all and so it's about um i don't i'm not even sure if it's necessarily like it's based on you know very real things i'm not sure if there's a specific instance or show that or like morning news show it was technically based on but i think that like i had a lot of emotions watching it because it talks about just like a man who's like the face like the anchor of like the show you know how he uses his power to have like sexual affairs with women and it's it's kind of like this whole interesting thing about how they when they talk about it like women don't necessarily even know that they're being kind of mentally abused or forced into having sexual relations with a man in power because they just like feel like they have to and so I think my takeaway was really emotional in the sense that I am not yet fully into the real world and that is something that's definitely still going on definitely always has and and is still going on and so it's just the, the way like the way women aren't believed a lot also about things like that and it's like something might seem consensual to a man but it but when you kind of have this whole like mindset most of your life and and in these industries that like you have to do what the higher up wants and that higher up is most of the time a man it's like it messes with your psychological thought process and you don't even know that you don't want to necessarily I think um or like have a reason to not and then it just gets put back on the woman and there are just so many I don't know if I'm explaining this well at all but it's just do you want to join in on that Laura yeah I actually had a like really interesting experience like talking about this kind of thing because I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the whole Deshaun Watson sexual assault allegations there's up to 14 which even one is horrible, but, like, 14 women coming forward is a ridiculous amount. And it's it's been all over the news, but I was talking to my friend's brother about it because, like, she, she was just like, oh, he's super into sports. You guys can talk. And he was saying, like, like, I feel like this is probably a mindset that's, like, widespread throughout, like, men's sports fans for probably, like, like how these women are doing it just to, like, get money or, like, take down, like, attack this guy's, like, reputation or fame and that was it and I'm like the fact that like that that might like that when I heard him say that I was like are you kidding me are you kidding me like 
and I was trying to tell him, I was like, that's like, like, that's not this, like, what, like, what the hell? Um, and that just like frustrated me so much. Like there's like, there's obviously like so much like internalized misogyny everywhere, but especially in sports when these male athletes are idolized, especially like professional athletes are idolized. And when they, when they do something horrible, like sexually assault somebody or any other crime, like there's not really any repercussions for them. Like they might get cut from the team for a year, but then they're re-signed and they're still earning millions of dollars. Like, like Deshaun Watson's probably going to get off scot-free, even though he has 14 sexual assault allegations towards him. Ben Roethlisberger is still making millions of dollars playing for the Steelers. And so many athletes who have committed domestic violence sexual assault towards women like there's evidence proving that they've done it they're still on the field playing and these poor women do not get the justice they deserve and to me that's just so like that's that's just so screwed and the fact that like so many fans are just like okay with these athletes still being on the field just shows how much misogyny is truly embedded in this industry and so many industries across the like across the world but especially in sports and I will say like just adding on that like I think like a really important part you said is like the idolization of these athletes like it's like they're these heroes and heroes can't do anything wrong to people and I think that that is something that is certainly like a sport like very clear in sports is like nobody wants to take down this whole person in this whole community that celebrates them even though like I don't know but like the idolization part is so important when you're talking about athletes because they mean so much to people and people just look over these very real things that are happening to women or anything or any other type of, you know, crime or anything like that because, like, they just don't want to let themselves stop idolizing this person. And, you know, you have to make that, like, give and take of things or say, oh, but it didn't happen or like, oh, but like they said, I'm sorry or like little things like that, you know? Yeah. And the fact that these like idolizations are like take or like completely dominating any woman's voice who speaks up. Absolutely. Any woman who speaks up will automatically be questioned without even like a hearing trial. Like they'll just automatically be questioned. Like, like they're ultimately not taken seriously. And this is just like an issue across the board, but especially like in sports with that idolization aspect of it and i will say just like one last thing on that is like and this goes for any any type of somebody like making an allegation against somebody in power but like very rarely will you find somebody who would ever do something like this for attention in the sense that like they are going through so much by trying to speak up it takes so much effort and so much like braveness to come forward and try and like say something to maybe stop something from happening to another woman and for it to just be automatically cast down like these people like are putting their lives on the line like the amount and social media too like these days like you're subjecting yourself to so much hate after you're already a victim of something and so for people to just automatically try and like pretend it didn't happen because they don't want to lose this idol or they don't want to believe that this person they care about so much could have done something like that it just it's like well think about the person who came forward and think about how much they're putting on the line risking to go up against somebody so powerful and then like really think about that in the sense of like who's gonna go out and do that just just to take down their reputation yeah like coming forward about any like any sexual assault whether it's with a person in power not with the person in power like coming out against sex like coming out with it as like with an experience of sexual assault in general is takes like like you said like the humongous toll because there's that whole he said she said if it happened like years ago like there's not always like solid evidence like you know like and then you just always question like like social media like then including like the media attention that you're gonna get by including this idolized figure in media and in sports just adds a whole other layer to it and it's yeah it's terrifying absolutely terrifying but it's you're trying to do what's right and it's terrifying and even like okay like this is just sorry last like little tangent on this but like and i'm not super aware of it or anything but i know like with college athletes especially with men's college athletes like when any type of 
sexual assault is occurred, like it's easy to just sweep under the rug because you don't want to waste this person's future. Um, and, and that's not even necessarily athletes too, but it's huge in athletes because, because everybody's looking at athletes already. So it's, it's a lot bigger on like college athletes than it is on like just anyone else who has a bright future in college. And like, you know, I don't know. It's all about not wanting to ruin like the, the males like future and what they could accomplish in the future. And so it's just, I don't know. That's just another thing I was thinking of. I, I think it's a, it, it's a great point. I mean, it's putting things into perspective. I mean, we just talked about the Deshaun Watson situation. You can look at various political situations with the governor of New York, you know, uh, and his allegations as well. And when you look at these specific scenarios, I think it does a very good job of pointing out once you zoom out of that specific scenario, it really shows you the larger issue at hand that we were just talking about where women's voices when it comes to specific things like allegations are being quenched, whether that's in the political sphere or whether that's in the athletic sphere or whether that's in the entertainment industry, and we can go on and on. But I appreciate you kind of pulling in a specific example and then zooming it out to look at the larger perspective because I think that's very important. Um, Cam, I'll toss it to you for the next question, but I just want to make that point as well. No, yeah, what Laura said was spot on, and I think it takes, like, again, like you ladies have emphasized, it takes a lot of courage to come out, especially when your voices are already being kind of pushed back, pushed away, and for these ladies that are being, or questioning Deshaun Watson on sexual assault allegations, I mean, like, it, it, it should bother people that, Pete, like, people come out and say, that like oh they're just doing it for attention they just want his money and stuff like that like how like like it's really just like really frustrating and i totally and i totally understand that and with with that being said and like other stuff like that like i'm, I'm wondering what your lady's thoughts are on but not only just the coverage of women's sports or just the coverage of of anything in when whenever it comes to females in the industry but i was shifting more towards like the i'm not sure if you've seen the college basketball gym discrepancies the male and female the yeah go ahead grace i, I see you uh want to say something about that oh yeah yep yeah i just i'm honestly i just have to like admit this and own this and say like this is the biggest part of the problem is i didn't even know that there was a women's march madness tournament until this year with all the discrepancies in the gym and i think that like i like i hate saying that and it feels so awful like I I've always watched March Madness you know men's March Madness and to not even know there's a women's tournament just really like underscores and highlights like I am a woman I have played sports and I still didn't know that there was a March tournament for women's sports um and so I just think that's like a super important thing to know is like I don't know I'm sure there are other women who didn't know like if you're not a basketball player or looking to pursue co collegiate basketball like I don't know. I think I I think that that's just an awful thing that I have to like admit and like note. And then on top of that, like to see the way like to see that on social media, learn that there was a tournament, learn how differently they're being treated right now when like I've consumed so much men's college basketball and like I was also thinking about it cuz I was watching a women's game like one day because there were no men's game on, right? And like, I was hearing about these, at, like, some of the athletes who are really great in, like, uh, women's basketball, and I was like, I don't think you hear about them um, in the same capacity you'll ever hear about, like, the Naismith, like, finalists, you know, for men's basketball and stuff like that, and I just, I think that's kind of crazy, and I know that, like, my sweetmate and I were talking about it, and we were like, you know what, like, we want to watch the women's tournament, we want to do this, but, you know, it just, it's crazy to me that, with almost everything, you know, that social media, we're finding these things out, and, like, like, sure, it'll promote change, but it is 2021, and I'm just learning these things, and that's insane to me, or that's, that's just a lot to think about as a woman, and to really think about the athletes who spend so much time and so much effort, just as much as any men's basketball player, to see the way that the NCAA and the media care for them in the sense of not even not even knowing these things were going on you know yeah I feel like like you kind of touched on like the lack of coverage of women's sports like throughout women's sports get like don't get as much like nowhere near enough coverage like again like the fact that 
you didn't even know that there was a women's tournament, like, and you are passionate about women's sports, speaks volumes towards what these media companies are prioritizing, and that's money. And that area stems from two deeply rooted issues where sports is this incredibly like capitalistic industry where there's an opportunity to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the other, the other issue with that is that like people feel like, I feel like, sorry, I'm like trying to, I've like trying to wrap my head around how I want to say this, but like met people feel significantly more comfortable watching men's sports. That's just something that is ingrained in our heads especially more like contact women's sports. I feel like soccer is pro- soccer and basketball are probably the two most normalized women's sports that are like more like team like contact sports. But then you see like I'm like one of my favorite sports to watch in the Olympics is like gymnastics or ice skating or like diving. All of those are like pretty sports to watch and people like watching those sports because they're like they kind of fit into that like stereotype that women need to do stuff that's like very elegant pretty dainty and like those are horrible like that's a horrible stereotype but that's just like what people are just like used to seeing and that's what they're comfortable seeing and then when you see women doing more hands-on sports like let's say women's football women's rugby like any of these more like physical more aggressive sports people just internally are not like as comfortable watching that and that internalized discomfort is part of the reason why so much more money is put into men's sports because they're it's like people are more comfortable seeing them being aggressive in those sports and that's just like an internalized thing that's just been pushed into us by like how much coverage these men's sports have gotten i was gonna say like another sport like i want to like touch on is like volleyball yeah because i think that that is one of i i love volleyball it's probably like my I think that's the oh sorry well I was just gonna say like it's a really interesting sport to look at and to look at from like a one a sexualized side but two like just I mean it's it's complete it's like I think that that's a sport people are probably more comfortable like you were saying Laura to watch because men's volleyball isn't as large it's like we've deemed women's volleyball as this like women's sport which yeah you know it's it's that's a whole nother thing but I think that like even at that it's just like oh yeah absolutely like beach volleyball there's so many layers to that but then there's also like the sexualization of volleyball like I absolutely and I just I remember like even being a high schooler playing volleyball games and like you know the way like guys would men would talk about like the like high school athletes you know in their spandex and it's like well like you know what I mean like little things like that is that's a totally tangential thing. But, like, I think volleyball is always an interesting sport to look at in that sense because I think, like, we definitely look at women's sports more frequently because men's sports isn't as big. And, like, yeah. it is a very physical, very physical, intense sport that, like, takes so much work, but it's deemed, like, this women's sport, which, like, men, I, I, I know, like, in high school, we would every once in a while have, like, the basketball team or some like men or like the coaches would there was like a thing that we did in middle school where the they they put together like a men's team and then they had a women's team and you know like or like it was like our middle school team and we had the technique we had so much more and these guys were just coming in and like acting as if we didn't put in so much effort into this sport that was so like honestly a very it's a very technical and physically like engaging sport and to just like watch the way people will talk about volleyball sometimes because it is deemed a women's sport that it's like not actually that I, I can't think of the word less than these other sports because it's a it's deemed so much of a woman's sport yeah and like I remember I think I had a like we had like a conversation about like volleyball specifically in my intercultural comm class last semester and I believe someone mentioned that like it's one of the few like team sports where women on average get paid more, I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think someone said something along those lines. And again, like you were talking about like the sexualization of those sports, like I think that also plays a lot into it. Um, just like sexualizing women's uniforms in general, women's even like fan like fan like merchandise. Like I don't know if you've ever seen like the like I have a woman's football jersey and I hate it because 
the numbers are smaller because they specifically designed it to accentuate curves. Like, I didn't want that. My, I mean, my parents got that for me, but, like, I just think it's, like, really odd how, like, even merchandise is, like, specifically catered to, like, accentuate different, like, like parts of a women that people find, like, attractive or, like, all of that. And I just, yeah, you can go ahead, Grace. <laughs> no, like, that is I, such a big thing. Like, I hate women's clothes. I absolutely hate women's clothes. I don't like to buy women's clothes. I don't like when they're v-neck to literally v-neck or like the way they fit is tight fitting. It's like you don't necessarily do that for for men's clothes. You know, it's not normalized to be wearing low cut v-neck shirts that are tight on your body that say like go team or something because I mean, I like I don't know. I have this shirt that is like a merchandise shirt, you know, for for Illinois that I bought like a it was like a women's t-shirt and I was in middle school and I hadn't yet realized that like I really don't like women's clothes and it just sits in my room every day and it's like this tight fitting shirt that's like really nice but I don't like to wear it because I don't like the way like my body looks in it because I don't want to wear tight fitting clothes and the fact that like and and even like the cuts on like it's like women's t-shirts fit differently than men's t-shirts on me and I can tell and I hate that because I don't think, like, unisex is not a hugely branded thing. And so I'm often, like, going in the men's... No, not at all. Yeah. It's, unisex isn't really a thing. It's, like, they're specifically making clothes to fit women or men. And that in its whole other... That's a whole other concept, like, of, like, you know what? Like, wear what you want, you know? Merchandise is not marketed towards unisex at all. And it's just... it's It's really interesting to see, like, how, like... They make women's shirts to show off women's bodies, um, and they don't do that for men. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think um, just tra- just going on to the another question, another thing to bring up to you guys is the pay disparity between. Because Laura, you brought up how it's uh, like a sports brings in revenue, sports bring in money, and sports o- and sports only focus on that. That's what the NCAA does, and with their gym discrepancies between the women, like it was just appalling to see that on social media. Like that's just ridiculous, and. Another thing that I want to talk about is, like, another big thing that, like, I've found is, like, pay discrepancies between both men and, like, professionally, too. Like, um, like the w- women's national team and the men's national team, even though the women's national team is so much better than the men's national team has been in the past, like, since ever. Like, they've won so many World Cups and everything, and yet they're, like, I would watch the women's national team over the men's national team, and it's just, like, it's just so... Like, just, like, to see the comments that, like, some people say, like, on when they post stuff is just ridiculous. And, yeah, you guys, you ladies can take it away from here. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I remember, like, I, I saw this a couple of days ago. I think the Washington Post posted this reel. I don't know. I posted it on my Instagram story. I don't know if you guys saw it. But it was Megan Rapinoe talking about the White House. And she mentioned this one specific moment, I think during one of, like, one of the championship games where the entire crowd was, che- was chanting equal pay. Like, the fact that these women brought in so many viewers, like, so many more viewers than the men, and the payment, like, initial, like, I, I think they might have changed it, but, like, the fact that equal pay was an afterthought, despite all of the viewership and the incredibly dramatic play that these women were able to bring to these networks and, like, to the fans, equal pay was an afterthought. And that was something that I thought was really was like very hard hitting when I saw this statement from I forget some I forget who I think believe it was a coach um someone wrote a letter to the NCAA a few days ago and was just like all the fact that all of this is an afterthought amidst the NCAA's like their biggest money-making part of their like of their like whole like year like that giving women the same treatment as men was an afterthought like is ridiculous and that's like how all of this is like whenever like women speak out like their women's sports is an afterthought like in over overall like like when like when you think ncaa tournament you first think men then maybe even women women's perfect like professional basketball you think nba then wnba women's sports are always an afterthought when it comes to viewership or like thinking about just thinking about it as a fan when it comes to payment when it comes to equal treatment like when it comes to giving them coverage and posting about them on social media like I know ESPN really like I think tries to like I feel like they try to portray themselves as like they're like pushing for women but like 
the fact that they need to even have an ESPNW account just shows that, like, they're, like, on their main account, like, they don't even, like, like, women are still an afterthought on their main account. Like, the fact that they need to have a separate account for women, like, it's an, like, they're an afterthought. Like, women's sports is an afterthought, and to me, that just is, like, drives me absolutely insane, and it's, show, like, it's so prevalent, and, like, with all these issues coming out, like, from, like, e from, like, payment, from, like, the, from equal treatment with, like, equipment and, like, merchandise for, like, the women in the NCAA to, like, all, like, yeah, to, like, um, like, the sexual assaults that are being reported. Like, women are an afterthought in sports. And it's been that way since they, like, since the beginning. I was just gonna say, like, um, it's just, it all goes back to, like, I mean, okay, maybe not all. I'm sorry, I like had my words in my head and then they just kind of disappeared. But like, I think that a lot of it, and I'm not, I'm not positive on this or anything, but I think a lot of it comes from like, women in sports just don't seem right to men. Like, it just doesn't, it's like women's sports are, I've just experienced in my entire life where women's sports are laughed upon. At any level, the men always think that they could come into the women's sport or whatever and just do so much better or anything like that and I think it's like you know it's it I don't think people necessarily look at women's athletes women athletes like they're necessarily serious or like they care or they're putting in as much work and and I think that that then goes into like the coverage I'm sorry I, I mean we can't I can't even pull anything from this because I wouldn't know but what if they just started showing women's basketball games or women's football or any type of women's sport and they put that coverage on would people watch would it be a money maker would it be what whatever like yeah it, it, it's nobody's even tried it nobody's thought about it because they just don't care it's like we know this is working let's keep working with this we you know we think our fan base is mostly men watching these sports so let's just keep what they want and i mean i get like there's so i, I get it's all about money and whatnot but then even like I will say, like, that's some, uh, sorry, my thoughts are really all over right here, but, like, when you guys were talking about, like, soccer, like, the fact that they're pulling in so many fans and so many viewers, I just have no, I, I, no, no, that's not even at that level about what money you're bringing in, when it's clear they're bringing in just as much, if not more, I'm not super well-versed enough to actually know those numbers, but that's that pay discrepancy isn't just because of viewership or money making or anything like that that's just unfair afterthought of how people see women's sports yeah like um i feel like these these media networks put in the if they are going to show women's sports it's the absolute bare minimum like on espn I, they have what like three or four different channels like, when was the last time you saw women's sports on ESPN? Like, the regular, like, not, like, not ESPN 1, 2, or 3, the whatever the other networks are. The main network. When was the last time you saw that? I can't remember. I can't say a single time. Like, w like, the WNBA, I'm sure they're, like, some of their games are shown on these different networks. Like, the more popular teams, like, probably the teams in LA or... Yeah, but, like, like if networks are going to show women's sports, they're going to do the absolute bare minimum just to say that they show women's sports. And that's going to that's gonna be about it. Because, like, I'm sure, like, they can probably tell, like, women's sports, like, when they are shown. Like, they don't promote it very much, so it doesn't – they don't really, like, get the numbers. So then they're just like, okay, we did it. We, like, tried. Like, we did – we, like, showed it. But, like, they're not even trying to, like, really push it out there and really normalize – watching women's sports on the regular and it also like that kind of like balance like that kind of like collides with that idea of like people are uncomfortable watching women's sports and people are uncomfortable watching women in these like aggressive like not aggressive but like you know more like hands-on like contact like areas and I think it's a combination of the two that just makes like covering women's sports just so abnormal even like even now like with women's sports getting more attention in the media like with the NCAA like that whole issue I feel like even with that like it's still not like like there's just not effort on like the fan like the side of the fans to want to watch those sports and there's not effort from the media companies yeah they're just they're just there to uncover the controversy and that's all they're gonna do like ESPN's gonna like ESPN's gonna like say that they're really like pushing for 
like they're like they're gonna be on their side on social media or like be on their side and like advocate for them on their like social media platform or whatever but are they actually gonna continue like are they actually gonna really push watching their like the tournament on their instagram and like really push and like try to normalize women's sports no because it's not gonna make the money one of the and, and, and that's a good point about you know when you're flipping through the channels um you know you get a good idea of what's on and what's not on and one of the things I found interesting was this was a couple a couple months ago, I think. Um, I'm flipping through the channels, and I come across Fox Sports 1, and they're airing some women's volleyball live, and I was like, whoa, what's this? I, I had never seen this before. I wasn't sure if it was college or if it was professional. And it was a league called Athletes Unlimited. Um, and I'm not sure if either of you have heard, Grace is nodding her head, so I'd love to chat with you about that, Grace. And one of the things I found interesting was I had never heard of Athletes Unlimited, right? So I go and I search it up on Google, like I would normally do. And I find that it is a league that plays volleyball, women's volleyball and women's softball. And apparently it's gotten a little bit of traction and has grabbed the attention of Fox Sports 1 and has been airing some live matches there. And and off of that question, because I, I, I want to get Grace's thoughts on that too. And I know, Laura, we've talked about this before in some of the, in, in Sports of Soft Power, you've mentioned some of the um, some of the teams, local teams, that really don't get that much coverage, that people don't even know we have a women's football team. People don't even know that we have a women's ice hockey team. Um, and I was wondering if we could get thoughts on like why those teams aren't getting as much coverage, what teams are out there, and how can we really amplify the voices of some of these smaller teams that really haven't picked up a lot of traction in the area. Um, so I'll say, like, before we dive into the local teams, um, Athletes Unlimited, like, I I don't remember if, I don't know, I'm a huge, like, you you go on, like, my, like, Instagram thing that, like, shows videos. I It's always volleyball stuff. I'm, I love watching volleyball. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite things. And I don't know if it was on an Instagram thing or if I was just, like, on TikTok looking at this professional volleyball player. Um, but I found out, I literally recently too, Lucas just found this, um, league for professional volleyball and like, you know, I followed them on Instagram and I'll just watch their sets. I just, I love watching volleys on volleyball. And I mean, I'm glad like Fox sports one picked up on it, but like, it's, it's also kind of wild for me that I didn't know that this league really existed in the sense of like. I think that volleyball is pretty, what's the, it's pretty covered. I mean, at least college volleyball, it's pretty covered, I do think. Um, but I didn't know that there was a professional, you know, and you hear about professional, like, I don't know, you hear about multiple different levels, but um, I am losing my traction with words again. I'm sorry. But I think that's, I think it's really interesting that, like, I'm noted that we both kind of noticed this league at like a very very similar times. Like I, it was definitely this semester that I found um, Athletes Unlimited, and I mean it's awesome that like I'm hearing about it. But I do wonder like, I don't know enough as like how long it's been around or anything. But I I mean I haven't seen it covered on anything else besides like my Instagram, I guess. Um, bouncing off of that, like. Um, I talk about this all the time in my Sports of Soft Power class. Like, I'm basing my entire final project on the Boston Renegades for my Sports of Soft Power class. Um, and the Boston Renegades, if you don't know who they are, they are, they are a professional women's football team based out of Revere, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Boston. They're part of the WFA, which is the Women's Football Alliance, where there is, I believe, over 70 teams worldwide in this league. And they're split up into three different divisions. There's Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Division One has the most talented players, and probably like the most like competitive teams. The Renegades are one of them, and they've won the championship for the last two years. When like they didn't have, there wasn't a championship in 2020 because of the pandemic, obviously. But they were back-to-back -back champions in 2018 and 2019, and they won their first championship by a score of like, I believe it was 52 to 24. They're insane. And nobody knows about them. Ab like, nobody knows about them. This league of 70 professional women's football teams. And, heart like, I, would, I wouldn't even say, like, 10% of sports fans know this league exists. Or could name a team from the league. Or name it a player from the league. I didn't even know about them until, like, three years ago. And... 
I think they might have gotten like a little bit more traction in the last year when um, they had a documentary made of like there was a documentary made about them with their 2018 football season and it was it, it kind of went all it was like on ESPN on like one of their minor channels it was on like ABC I think like they got a lot of media coverage for that but still like after that who's gonna know who they are because they're not getting that continuous coverage and going back to again that whole like that whole idea of like why people don't want to watch it football is one of the most aggressive sports out there at least like the main like mainstream sports and people don't want to watch women be like that aggressive or that like hands-on and that much in contact with like within their sports but football like the one of the reasons why i love football is like the complexity of the game plan and the strategies and i like i honestly am like more excited to see women do that because like it's just so cool like and seeing other women doing some like doing the things that i love like i like I've thought about, like, what if I wanted to go be a women's football coach? That would be so insane. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they get that they deserve so much more coverage. And it's super entertaining to watch. Like, I watched the documentary. It's beautiful, but it's a sports documentary. It's not a women's sports documentary. It's a sports documentary. And that I talked to the director of the film, and she's like, that's what I wanted it to be. Like, obviously, like, promoting women's sports in general is really important, but she wanted it to just be, like, this heroic sports documentary, you know? Like, not make it all about, like, these are women playing football. Make it more about these are athletes playing top-tier football, you know? Like, normalizing it. Yeah. Like, normalizing the fact that women can play high-notch anything. Like, yeah. like they're athletes as well, and they are very talented, and this league deserves more recognition. I totally agree. And I'm going to shift towards our last question because we are running a little bit low on time. But our last, my last question to you guys before we get on to a, a nice little fun and lighthearted segment to end the episode that we usually do. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would offer to all of our female listeners who are looking to get involved in the world of sports and the world of journalism as a whole? Like, What advice would you give them if you were to give any um, right now concerning that what the talking points that you ladies have gone over and touched on beautifully, I think? What are some of the uh, advice slash focal points that you would like to like to share? Um, it's going to be really tough, and people are going to take you for granted. People are going to question you. It's going to happen. It shouldn't happen, but unfortunately, it's built to built into our society that people are going to question us constantly, no matter what we do. But you just have to keep pushing for what you want to do. Keep your number one goal in mind, and advocate for normalizing women in sports, whether it's at your workplace, whether it's on social media, like use your voice, use your platform, no matter how big, no matter how small, find ways to push for gender equality in sports and don't take no for an answer. Like just do not keep using, like keep, like stay motivated, keep using your passion towards sports because if like you're you're gonna end up where you you're gonna end up where you're supposed to be regardless. It might take a while and it might take a lot of hardship to get there, but like and again like don't let these horrible men who are tell who are like being who are mansplaining to you who are questioning you, who are just being outright sexist towards you. Don't let them stop you. I think mine would be really similar in that, and this is definitely more general, but just know your worth. I mean, I think there are so many times that women definitely think they're less than because one the way society and two the way men speak to us um or about us and i think that you'll definitely i mean and this is part of the hard part i think we're, we're talking about is just it's it's hard to keep having to remind yourself like i am just as good i am just as talented i do deserve to be here just as much as the man next to me yeah exactly and and i think that that's something that you know, when when society and men put these questions in our head when we're sitting in a room at this high level or at any type, anywhere, um, having to fight that question, that's hard. But you have to keep fighting it and know that, like, you are talented and you are deserving to be in that same room. And I think that that's just, that's just something you have to know. And, and something I need to remind myself of, too, every day is, like, I mean, starting the podcast talking about, like, what do you do when you're faced by um, a power figure who's a man and who's speaking to you like this or anything like that? It's just know your worth. 
know when you hear somebody mansplaining like know that like know your worth so i'm sorry i just keep repeating that but just you know how good you are and how talented you are whether it's in athletics academics media where whatever field you are in just know that like just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're inferior at all and that's what society is going to keep trying to tell you and i think until all women just realize like not even realize that was terribly worded we all need to be willing to work really hard to keep reminding ourselves of that if we want anything to change yeah um and i feel like that even just like not even like women in sports like that is just like a thing that all women need to tell themselves because i feel like no matter what women decide they want to do there's always going to be some man telling them that they can't do it or like telling them that they're not good enough and like you like you said that like many times but i feel like that's that's consistent throughout like any industry like there's always going to be somebody telling you that you can't do things because you're a woman or you can't do it like there's because of that like internalized misogyny that like women can't do that like you just like it's I, it's just like something that is like throughout every industry and yeah and i think i think like i'm i i, I just feel like it should be noted at some level that like we are two white women talking about this and so you know yeah so we have that extra privilege of functioning in this like in the space of women in any power situation of being white women and we you know this is we have that extra layer of privilege um that you know when we're talking about this i just want it to be noted that yeah we recognize like we have even more privilege even though like we are women in male dominated spaces we are white women in male dominated spaces yeah, and I, I, and I appreciate that message because the reason why you're echoing and repeating, Grace, you said you're repeating it. Well, the reason why you're repeating is because it's so important to you and it's a message that needs to be put out there. Um, and so at this point, I know we're running a little bit short on time, but we do want to get a, an abbreviated Lucas Lightning Lap in here to sort of relax and end the, end the episode. So we're super excited. I cut it down to three questions Cam and I won't answer, but we'll just rapid fire these and we'll have a little fun to end the show. So... The first question related to what we were just talking about, who is your favorite female sports figure? Lara, we'll start with you, and then we'll come to Grace. It's tough. I love Simone Biles. I know that she's a well-loved figure throughout like women's sports, but she is so tough, and she, I, I, just, I just love her. I also love Megan Rapino and Sue Bird. I know I'm supposed to only pick one, but I love the three of them so much. Megan Rapino because she speaks out and like advocates for these women. Um, same with Sue Bird. Also, Sedona from um, the Oregon women's basketball team. That's like four. I love. I just. I just love all women's sports. But like the four of them are just like I. I love them. I see Grace is thinking hard. I know. I was just. Ah, I will say like I don't know why. I think sometimes you stick with somebody from childhood, and I was like Allie Raisman, just hands down, one of the female athletes that I just attached myself to loving her you know, in whatever Olympics that was, and she's one of the, like, female athletes that I'm still just, like, constantly will just be going through her Instagram looking at what she's doing. Um, so, yeah. Well, oh, well, we'll move on. Question number two, we got, we always got to ask a food question in the lightning lap. So, yes. what is your favorite breakfast food? This is so hard because I love breakfast food. I love eggs. I love pancakes. I love French toast. You can't have me pick one. <laughs> Grace, do you want to start this one, or are you... I'm definitely a super savory breakfast type of person, so I want some, like, eggs and spinach and tomatoes and Ooh. all that good stuff in there. Um, Call that an omelet. No, no, no. You, you gotta have a bagel. You gotta have some type of bread. Oh, okay. Or something like that. So that's a very all right. very basic thing. Um, oh, also, black olives should be in there. I'm, oh, no. I'm very partial to black olives. Um, I know. And nobody else likes black olives, but I mean, I'm obsessed with them. Okay, I think I've decided on mine. Okay. Mine is the breakfast scramble, which can include so many different ingredients, but like base of eggs and then just throwing whatever you want in there. Yeah. Top tier. Very nice. Very nice. And the final one we got for you ladies is the best vacation spot that you love to go to. So your ideal vacation spot, if you were to choose anywhere to go to. Well, I had my ideal vacation last semester. Well, I was supposed to at the castle. I was supposed to go on a tour all around Italy, and I still dream of going on that vacation one day. And hopefully one day after COVID, I'll be able to, but I was, that was ripped out of me, ripped, ripped from under me with the pandemic. Literally, like, the week that we were coming back, I, like, the, the day we came back, I was supposed to fly to Milan to start my tour around Italy. So that would probably be my dream vacation. 
Yeah, um, I'm actually pretty much in that same boat. Um, I, <laughs> I have wanted to go to Italy since, like, my entire life. Um, I really want to, uh, I just want to tour the whole, yeah. I mean, yeah, probably just anywhere in Italy would be ideal, but Positano for sure is up there for me. Anywhere in Sicily, up there for me, you know. Those types of, and then all the, like, touristy ones, too, you know, I, I just want to go to Italy. The country as a whole is beautiful. I've, I've had the privilege to go there, and it is very nice. I went there for my senior trip, took Italian for four years in high school, and I got to go. It was very beautiful, um, especially the islands. Capri, Italy is the probably the pre prettiest thing you probably ever see. Small, cute little island off, and Sorrento is awesome, but... Ladies, that is all the time we have for both of you today. We'd like to send a special thanks to both Laura and Grace for joining us on this episode. We touched on some very important points, got a great, fantastic conversation from both of you ladies. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your Friday to join us. And uh, you guys you guys are free to go whenever you, whenever you feel like it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And that was Laura Hill and Grace Raspoli from M Sports Magazine, and they were tremendous, Lucas. I like, I like. I don't think we've had two very, like, we we we've chimed in on conversations before, but like these women, these powerful women, led a great conversation at the end, and they really brought up some great talking points that we should all listeners of this podcast take away from. And knowing that female in sports. Like there are some prominent female figures in sports, and that it should continue to grow the recognition—not only the recognition, but the equal pay, the equal distribution of equipment and stuff like that. I'm not sure if you have anything final thoughts before we wrap up the episode. Well, and a lot of topics that we didn't even get to cover. I think there's a definitely a part two in store for this. Um, this was a fantastic discussion. Discussion. So again, thanks to Laura and Grace for that. Um, again, want to give a shout out to Kayla, our producer, Jake audio engineer doing the dirty work behind the scenes thanks to both of them for all the hard work they do for our podcast but yeah cam another episode down it's great to be with you everyone all of our listeners enjoy yourselves take care of yourselves stay safe and we'll see you on the next episode peace y'all